Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of How I Built It. Today, we continue our series on how you build a business and I get to talk to Sarah Dunn about niching down. She's been pretty public with her process, starting a YouTube channel to discuss her decision making. I loved chatting with her about this because it could be tough and scary to decide to limit your potential client pool, but I think Sarah's doing it the right way. We'll get to that in a minute, but first, a word from our sponsors. This season of How I Built It is brought to you by two fantastic sponsors. The first is LiquidWeb. If you're running a membership site, an online course, or even a real estate site on WordPress, you've likely already discovered many hosts that have optimized their platforms for a logged out experience, where they cache everything. Sites on their hardware are great for your sales and landing pages, but struggle when your users start logging in. At that point, your site is as slow as if you were on $3 hosting. LiquidWeb built their managed WordPress platform optimized for sites that want speed and performance, regardless of whether a customer is logged in or logged out. Trust me on this, I've tried it out and it's fast, seriously fast. Now, with their single site plan, LiquidWeb is a no-brainer for anyone whose site is actually part of their business and not just a site promoting their business. Check out the rest of the features on their platform by visiting them at buildpodcast.net slash liquidweb. That's buildpodcast.net slash liquidweb. It's also brought to you by Jilt. Jilt is the easiest way to recover abandoned shopping carts on WooCommerce, Easy Digital Downloads, and Shopify. Your e-commerce clients could be leaving literally thousands of dollars on the table, and here's why. 70% of all shopping carts are abandoned prior to checkout. Yes, you heard that right. 70% of shoppers never make it to checkout. And that's why you need to introduce your clients to Jilt. Jilt uses proven recovery tactics to rescue that lost revenue. It's an easy win that lets you boost your client's revenue by as much as 15%, and it only takes 15 minutes of your time to set up. Jilt fully integrates with WooCommerce, EDD, and Shopify, and you can completely customize the recovery emails that Jilt sends to match your client's branding using its powerful drag-and-drop editor, or by digging into the HTML and CSS. Even better, Jilt's fair pricing means your clients pay only for the customers they actually engage, and you get to earn a cut of that through Jilt's partner program. Whether you have clients that process one sale per month or 10,000 sales per month, be the hero and help them supercharge their revenue with Jilt. Check them out at buildpodcast.net slash Jilt. That's buildpodcast.net slash J-I-L-T. And now, on with the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of How I Built It, the podcast that asks, how did you build that? Today, my guest is Sarah Dunn. Sarah, how are you? I'm doing great, Joe. How are you today? I am fantastic. We are recording on Star Wars Day. I'm wearing an R2-D2 t-shirt, and in T-minus two hours, I will be seeing The Last Jedi. So I'm, I couldn't be more excited. This is like my last work thing before I knock off for the afternoon. That's perfect. Sounds like a perfect day. 
Thank you very much. Uh, I'm very excited about it. But we're not talking about Star Wars today. We are talking about you and, and your business and, and your recent decision to niche down. So why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do and, and how you came to this conclusion? Sure. I will try to keep it to the short version. So my name is Sarah Dunn. I operate a micro agency, which is a remote group of four coworkers. I'm located here in Southwest Michigan, and I have coworkers throughout the country. And I've been doing web design and development for clients for about five years now. And we generally have worked with a very wide variety of clients, kind of the if you have a checkbook and want to hire us, we are your agency, which I have discovered in the last couple years is not a very powerful or particularly interesting position to be in in business. So it was about two years ago, actually, that I first started throwing around the idea of specializing. And by that, I mean, becoming more well known for something more specific rather than just we'll make you a website. So I don't know how deep you want me to get into it now, but I have been very actively pursuing this for about eight months and creating content around the idea of a web agency that wants to specialize. And just recently, I have finally landed on something that feels good to me as a specialty for my business. So it's a really exciting time for me. And I really appreciate the opportunity to be on your show and share a little bit more about where I am right now. Yeah, absolutely. And and this is a, a great thing to talk about, I think, because I think a lot of freelancers uh, probably fall into that same position. I certainly did when I was freelancing. I would just, if somebody said, hey, I need a website, I'm like, all right, well, if you're willing to pay how much I'm charging, I will make that website for you. And I carried that mentality over into the product space where I'm like, well, it seems like people want a course that does this, so I'll make this course, which is just a, this is a whole other show. That's a terrible way to sell products, right? You don't see Nike making like, like uh, I don't know, printed pictures or whiteboards, right? They don't specialize in whiteboards. So this is, I think, a great thing to talk about. So what did you decide to, to specialize in? Have you, you've made that public, I believe, right? Yes, I have. And if I could, I'd love to tell a little bit more of the story of how I arrived there. Yeah, absolutely. Great. So it was about eight months ago that I think was really the height of my frustration with where I was in my agency. It wasn't that we weren't getting work. It was that we weren't getting work that I really found fulfilling. And I was occasionally losing prospects or projects that I really wanted to agencies that were more specialized and did a better job at conveying their value proposition and how they were experts in a certain field. And so it was earlier this year that I said, you know, I have got to figure this out. And I knew that there were other freelancers and small agencies out there that felt the same way. And I felt like there wasn't a lot of content around the idea of niching down as a web developer. So I actually created a video, just me talking straight to camera, and I held on to it. I recorded it in mid-March, and I held on to it for almost a month, just kind of embarrassed that I had it. But it was my husband who really encouraged me to post it online on YouTube and start to share a little bit more actively about the process and the struggle of specializing and trying to find a certain area that we wanted to become an expert in. And so in April, I did. I actually posted it online, shared it on Twitter, and started a blog that's been about weekly 
where I do a video and also write a blog post about where I am in my journey to specialize. So here we are eight months later, and I have to be honest with you, I thought it would happen so much faster. I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm really focusing on this. I'm talking about it every single week. I'm totally going to figure this out in a week or two. And it didn't happen. Nothing that I came up with felt right. It didn't feel good. I wanted to really have that moment where something just felt like, oh, I think that's the right choice. Yes, this is a specialty of a kind of work or a kind of person that I want to work with week in and week out. And as much as I tried to analyze every piece of it, none of it came through analysis and nothing really happened for about seven months. It was just me making videos every week going, this is what I'm thinking about, but I still haven't figured it out. So sorry if you're watching this and bless anybody who did watch those videos because I didn't get much of anywhere for a while until it was a couple months ago. I met someone at a conference who's quickly become a good friend of mine, and she is a high end wedding and event planner based in Chicago. And as soon as we met, she said, Sarah, I've got a question for you. Can I ask you about SEO? And I said, sure, that sounds great. What, what can I tell you? And she said, I had my website redesigned a couple months ago. And while I used to rank right on the top of page one for Chicago Wedding Planner, I have fallen off the face of the earth. I am down to like page six or seven for this very important keyword. And my traffic is totally tanked because of it. And I said, let me look at your site. I want to know what's happened. And I got into it. And about five minutes of looking around, I realized that her web developer knew nothing about SEO. Mm -hmm. They had inaccurately represented themselves as someone who did. And they made so many basic mistakes. And it had cost her significant leads in business in a job that is her livelihood. And I was actually really offended by it because I felt like she had been so misled. And I made a video about that and started helping her out. And it was pretty quick and pretty clear that I realized this was very interesting work for me. And I loved it. And I would do it for free all day long. And I wanted to do more of it. So just a couple weeks ago, I made it official. I put out a video that I am going to focus on SEO and SEO optimized websites for the wedding industry. So professionals who sell to brides and grooms, like planners, florists, photographers, caterers, those types of businesses. So here I am finally. That's fantastic. Because I mean, the journey is super important, right? I always ask about research. And, you know, you can like throw a dart at a wall and say, oh, I'm going to specialize in construction websites, which is what I did when I was, I was going to, I was going to say a kid, I guess I basically was, but in my mid 20s or my early 20s, I was like, I'm, I want to specialize. I want to niche down into construction sites. I didn't know anything about construction sites. It just seemed like construction people have money. Like that was the thing in my head. Oh my gosh. I love that. Right. <laughs> but what's super important when you choose to niche down or niche down, right? I think there's like, I always say it both ways is you should have what's called domain knowledge, right? Which is knowledge of the industry you're specializing in. And it seemed like working with uh, this, this person in, in Chicago either helped you gain or helped you realize that you have that knowledge and that passion. Is that accurate? Yeah, it is. And actually, I have found, and I was surprised by this, I was telling myself that I had to 
choose a specialty where I had a ton of experience and a ton of that domain knowledge. And that was actually slowing me down and holding me back because I haven't had a consistent pattern of past work within the same industry. And so when I looked at past clients, nothing really seemed like the right choice. And that's why I think I was so stuck for a while. So I actually don't have a ton of experience in the wedding industry, but I know that there's such a need and I know that my skills can make an immediate impact there. And they already have for a couple of people that I have helped out for free. So that's what I found as far as the amount of expertise required. Awesome. And and then, of course, as you do more, you'll get more experience, more domain knowledge, which is the important thing about niching down, right? Because with without specializing, you have four sites that are different, completely different, and you basically have to start from square, square one every time. But with with specializing, you're starting from square two or three, or, or depending on, on the client, right? Yes. So, cool. So uh, plus, like, SEO is, you know, I write search engine optimized HTML. I don't know if I should say that publicly. I, like, I think I do. But, you know, th- there's there's a whole industry based around that. Rebecca Gill was my second guest on the show. And she talked about her course and how she built a whole course around SEO because it's so important. And doing it right versus doing it wrong has severe ramifications for the client. Yes. I think Rebecca is a genius and she's taught me pretty much everything I know over the past couple of years. So I am super indebted to her. Awesome. Yeah, she's fantastic. I will link her episode in the show notes if you haven't listened to it. I strongly recommend it because she's fantastic. Yeah. So now as where you've you've decided on your niche, you've helped a couple of people out already. Now that you know exactly kind of, you know who you want to market to, what kind of research are you doing for both getting those clients and the services you're providing those clients? So question is about research. Yeah, exactly. So like, or, or like, you know, what, what kind of legwork are you doing to, to get people in that industry and then help people in that industry? Sure. Yeah. So what I want to find out first, and one of the first things I did when I thought about this as a possibility is I wanted to find out who are people in this industry listening to when it comes to marketing and SEO and anything else that brings them business. So the first research I did was into who are the thought leaders for wedding professionals. And one of the things that indicated to me that this might be an interesting direction to go in is that I actually found it interesting to listen to who they're listening to. So I enjoy the content that is going around in the industry. And that, again, makes me feel like these are people that I want to hang out with. So that is the biggest research I'm doing is finding out where my potential clients are getting their information. So that's been really fun. And it's been easy because I can just quickly talk to people I know within the industry and say, who are you listening to? How do you find out about this or that? So it's been a lot of personal direct research and just some Googling around. Man, that is, uh, before you answer the second part of this question, that is fantastic advice never would have dawned on me. I am like very much not a marketing person or anything like that. Like I'm a developer. I take a very field of dreams approach to things. Like if you build it, they will come. But finding out who your clients listen to is great because then you can, I mean, not parrot back what the, the thought leaders are saying, but you can build on top of that. You know, they're being told they should do this. I can help them do that. Right? Yes. 
very cool very cool man i i love that that's like my i think that's my big takeaway from this episode and we're like halfway through <laughs> so as far as the second half of that question uh, you know what kind of research are you doing in order to help people within the wedding planning industry yeah so i think my next step and i don't know if i'd call it research but in order to do outreach and provide services uh, what I did was actually create a separate microsite all around this specialty. And this was something that I debated a lot. I got some advice early on that when I specialized, I should just make a page about it on my existing agency website because this site already has domain authority and some SEO value and it's been around for a while. And I actually decided not to follow that advice. I love the idea of having an entirely separate domain and a very small site that is 100% focused on this service and this vertical. So that when someone goes there who is the right client, all they see is information that's pertinent to them. And they really get that immediate feeling, wow, Sarah is super specialized and knows exactly who I am and what I need. And to me, this also is a slightly lower risk strategy. So if this doesn't work out, I've got this all on a separate site. I haven't taken over my main agency site with this specialized information. I can just delete the thing and say, well, I tried on to the next thing. I don't intend to do that, but inside this is a very risky decision. And so I had to make some decisions for myself that lowered the perceived risk that I was feeling. And that separate site does that for me. So that is that has been my first step in pursuing this direction is to have that separate marketing site. Hey, everybody. I want to tell you about a sponsor I'm so excited to have on the show this week, and that's Beaver Builder. Beaver Builder is a drag and drop page builder and a platform you can trust with your business. Free up your time and join over half a million websites built with Beaver Builder. I have been using Beaver Builder for a couple of years now and I couldn't be happier with it. It's an excellent tool with a lot of flexibility. You can check them out at buildpodcast.net slash builder. That's buildpodcast.net slash builder. And now back to the show. Gotcha. And I mean, that makes sense, right? If I want to spin my bar into, you know, if I have a bar and I want to add a kitchen to it, I might just like rent kitchen space. I'm not going to put a like a professional grade kitchen on my bar. Like what if nobody wants food at my bar? So, I mean, totally not the same thing because spinning up a website's easier than building a kitchen, but it's the same idea, right? You're not going to get rid of your entire agency site for this right off the bat. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, because you're certainly the, the expert in, in this topic, but there are... SEO benefits to having a domain with, say, one of the keywords you want to rank in it, right? Yeah, definitely. And there's definitely a benefit to having content that's all focused around a certain topic area. So the fact that I'm going to write about mostly SEO related topics on this site is going to help us build topical authority around SEO and around the wedding industry. So it's going to look highly specialized to Google too, which is something that Google does like. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's like going to a department store for a suit versus going to a tailor for a suit, right? You have a tailor specializes in making suits. That's so I'm big. If you haven't noticed, I'm like big on analogies. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> awesome. So research aside, I know that you, uh, you mentioned that you've 
you blogged this whole journey. Did you talk to a lot of people or do you have a core group of people that you consider your confidants that you would bounce ideas off of? Yeah, you know, what was funny was when I first started thinking about specializing before I even started the video series, I would ask anybody who would listen to me, like, <laughs> hey, oh, what do you think about specialized agencies? Have you ever tried to specialize your agency? Blah, blah, blah. And I, I'm sure I drove people crazy, which is one of the reasons that I was just like, eh, I'll just make my own site around this so I can leave people alone and just share what I'm thinking. <laughs> but I, I have definitely collaborated with a small group of friends that I found through the Genesis Office Hours community, um, the old Slack group that Carrie Dills had, and some friends that I've grown from there. So there are a lot of people in the industry that I've bounced some ideas off of and who've really supported me in, you know, just being there and being like, you got this, you'll figure it out. Man, that's, that's fantastic. And let's see. I want to phrase this the right way, right? Because, uh, well, here, I'll tell, I'll tell another similar story, right? The wedding industry is like a billion-dollar industry. Getting married, I got married in 2016, and I was, like, astounded by just how much everything costs or, like, the fact that, like, a party bus costs more if you say it's for a wedding. Like, I argued with the limousine company about that so hard until somebody, like, explained to me why. Like, I just wanted, why are you charging me a premium? So there's a lot of money in it. And so one of the things I thought when all of my friends were getting married is I'll build websites for people who are getting married. That is not a good niche to get into because people who are getting married don't want to spend a few thousand dollars on a website because they're spending lots of thousand dollars on other things, right? So was that a consideration when you were deciding to niche down? Like, I mean, obviously you want to do something you love and you don't just want to follow the money, but you have a business and employees to support. So you want to make sure that the the way you're specializing, there is demand and and money in that uh, field, right? Yes. Yeah, I, it has to be a concern. There, of course, are specialties you can get into where people would love for you to do services for them, but they don't have any money to pay you. So that is definitely part of the consideration. I thought about things like bakeries and other businesses like that, but I realized how many cupcakes someone would have to sell to make back the cost of my services. <laughs> and it was a lot. When I look at the wedding industry, however, if I am able to help a wedding professional to book one or two extra jobs, it's likely that they've made a return on the investment that they've put into working with me. So there is value there. I do want to caution though, I like you considered specialties just because I thought there was money there. I actually did a very short stint doing Facebook ads for chiropractors, which was pretty successful in getting a lot of interest and getting people willing to hire me. But it was something that I wasn't particularly interested in. I only chose to do it because I thought there was money there. And after working on a few of those projects, I said, I just, I don't enjoy this work. And this isn't something that I want to do day in and day out. And so that was something that ultimately wasn't successful as a permanent niche for my business. So there has to be that balance of work you enjoy and work that people are willing to pay you for. Absolutely. So, right, there there probably is money and working with a chiropractor certainly isn't a pain in the neck but you have to <laughs> oh 
<laughs> Sorry, everyone. But you, you do have to, to love what you do. And I, I love what you said about uh, projecting value, right? How many cupcakes does a bakery have to sell for my services versus there's there's pretty immediate value to a wedding planner, right? If I get you one or two more clients, I've you've paid for me. It's the same, you know, it's the same thing with offering a coaching program, right? You're paying me $1,000, but that first job that you're going to get is going to make you a thousand more dollars than you would have done, right? So that's that is an excellent way to look at it. I would I would strongly urge anybody who's considering niching down to to look at it that way too. You definitely need to project your value. So the title question is how did you build it? And let's make it talk about the website that you've created for your niche, right? Was there anything special that you decided to do for your uh, specialized website? versus just your general agency website? Sure. Yes, absolutely. Um, I think the biggest consideration in how I built that microsite was to make sure that I only launched it with things that were absolutely necessary. I have a big vision, of course, for what I would love this site to grow into. I'm a web designer. You know, I, I know how I would love it to look. I know how much content I'd love it to have. But I really just wanted to get something launched so that I could put out my shingle and say, this is a market I'm looking to work with. So the most important thing I did was cut back my big list of nice to haves and say, what do I need just to get this launched? And there are a few things I said no to. I said no to custom design. So I went to Studio Press and this site is almost entirely one of their themes straight out of the box. I only customized a couple fonts. And it serves my purposes very well. It looks very professional. And uh, no one who's a potential client for me is going to look at that and go, oh, I've seen that theme before. So that is something that I used and thought was a good choice. I also launched it with just three pages. It's got an about page, a service page, and a contact page. So that was my minimal content. I actually had to talk myself out of designing it with a blog section on the homepage because I said, you know what, this doesn't need blog posts right away. I'll add that back in when I've written a few, but that's going to slow me down from launching. So really the only technology here is WordPress on flywheel hosting, the Genesis framework and a studio press theme, the total build, writing the content probably took me about three hours, building the site probably took me three hours or less, and the thing was out there and I was able to share it. So I'm really happy with how that turned out. Man, I love that. As a Now you specialize in SEO. Are you also a web designer? You can make your own custom themes and stuff like that? Yes. Now I used to do all of the design and build myself. And thankfully, I've hired people that are better at design and better at development than I am. So at this point in my web business for clients, I don't do either of those pieces. And I mostly lead strategy. But yes, I can do all of that if needed. And I did all of this site by myself. Gotcha. And I ask because I am also a developer. I've written books and have courses on how to make WordPress themes. And so when I created my online courses site, it was a very hard decision for me to say, I'm not going to custom build this theme because I, I kind of felt like a fraud, right? But my focus was on the content, right? And that's what you, that's what you're saying too. Your focus was on something very specific that had nothing to do with sinking 20 or so hours into building a custom theme. Right. Totally not necessary just to get the idea out there to test the waters. Cool. Uh, that's awesome. I will link to Studio Press. I actually 
just this week as we record this, started using my first one, which is Academy Pro, for the relaunch of my online courses site in 2018. So, Oh, that's a great theme. I can't wait to see what you do with it. Oh, thank you very much. That, now I've got some pressure on me. <laughs> so, it's gorgeous uh, straight out of the box. So I it is. It's, win no matter what you do with it. It's so good. And like it makes just enough of the decisions for me. And I don't have to worry about a whole lot of things. So I'll certainly link those in the show notes. And so now uh, as we record this, this was a recent decision. And we kind of talked about your journey as far as the transformation to choosing your niche goes. But uh, what are your plans for the future? What does six, 12 months down the line look like? Yeah, so I'm trying not to put too much pressure on it and say, oh, you know, in six months, I want to have 30 clients within this specialized niche. I have found through that process of the eight months of trying to figure out a specialty that great things don't necessarily come to me when I force them. So I really just want to continue to build content in the future around this niche. I'd like to start writing really good weekly content and sharing it via Facebook and Instagram, because I think it will be very shareable within the industry with other people sharing it out. I think that that is really going to be my main driver of outreach is content. I might even consider some low budget Facebook ads just to get the content into the right hands and in front of the right people. And I'm also actually starting on a couple projects that I'm doing for friends of mine within the industry that I'm doing for free. And I recorded a video about this this week that it doesn't sound very fun to do free work, but in this case, I think it's really necessary. I want to build up some really good case studies and have those on my website showing some significant ranking improvement. And also so that the friends I have, if I do a great job for them, I'd love for them to spread the word. So the future to me looks like content building, authority building, and friendship building within the industry. And I'm happy to report just from getting the word out there that this is the kind of work I was interested in. I actually got a referral from another person who does SEO who said I I have a client I think would be good for you and I'd like to make an introduction and I have already booked work within this specialized industry just by hanging my shingle here and talking about it. Man, that's great. And that's due to the network that you've built up before this, right? Being so open and creating really good content about it. I love that. And you mentioned that like doing free work doesn't sound great, right? And it's something that like a lot of freelancers might rally against, but when I want to learn a new skill as a programmer, it's pretty easy for me to just, if I want to learn Vue, I'll just write like a really simple Vue app. I actually have an app that I iterate on every time I want to learn a new skill. You can't really do that with SEO, right? Like, cause you're just talking to yourself about, Hey, what do I think a wedding planner or a photographer for weddings wants? How do I prove that it's going to rank better, right? You you need to do real tangible stuff to get real tangible results. Yes. And the problem with SEO, and this might be a separate discussion, but there's so many people that have done a bad job and made a bad name. So I really need some positive case studies behind it. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's absolutely true, right? SEO does get a bad name because everybody says they can do it. And, oh, just, you know, give me $5,000 a month and I'll make sure you're number one in Google, right? So you absolutely do need like good testimonials and you need results. You know, this website started here. 
after I was done with it, it's now up here after X amount of time and things like that. Being as open and honest as you can, especially with SEO, but in a lot in our field is is very helpful, right? Because people view us as just kind of, well, I'm going to tell you to do something and then you're going to sit in a room and do it and then it'll be done. But there's a lot of communication that needs to go on. So Yes, you're absolutely right. Cool. So I'm going to end with my favorite question, which is, do you have any trade secrets for us? You know, it's funny. I don't really have a lot of secrets, given that I have been making a what I hope is an open and honest, transparent video every single week for about eight months. I will say I hoped that I would discover more secrets through the process of specializing my web agency. I had desperately hoped that I was going to come up with some sort of process that would make this easier for other people. Because this decision to specialize in niche down in services is such a scary choice. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. And hopefully I'm going to come up with this formula that other people can follow to find the right niche. And that totally didn't happen. It totally just fell in my lap due to one relationship that I had and one situation I encountered. And no amount of analysis or research got me to the right place. So no trade secrets to share. I'm not sure there are any, but I will continue to share openly about how this goes and anything that I determine might be a best practice in the future. That's great. That is different from any other trade secret that I've gotten on the show. So I love that. And I will say that while there are no secrets, I think the big takeaway is uh, keep your options open and have conversations with people, right? Because that's how a lot happens. Yes. And outside of the web design agency industry also, you know, if you just hang out and talk to people in WordPress and ask them what they think, they might not always have the answers. So I was actually at a women's business conference when I met this person that put this all into motion for me. So if I hadn't been having those interactions across industries, I might not be here yet. So yeah, just get out there and talk to people and make relationships as much as you can. Man, that is, see, that's a great, I don't know who I'm looking at. That's a great trade secret right there. Get out of the industry, out of the echo chamber. Uh, Sarah, thanks so much for joining me today. Where can people find you? Thanks for having me, Joe. I share all of this on my personal blog. That'd probably be the best place to go if you're interested in specializing information. And that's sarah-dunn.com. I'd love to connect with any of your listeners on Twitter. And my handle there is Sarah11D. And if anybody's into Instagram, that's my favorite place to hang out. So I'm there at SarahDunn11. Awesome. Thanks again to Sarah for joining me. She's fantastic to talk to and offers lots of great information. A transparent process can be so helpful to new freelancers and agency owners. And thanks to our sponsors. Make sure to check out Liquid Web for managed WordPress hosting. I use them on all of my important sites. They are that good. They're over at buildpodcast.net slash liquid, and they'll give you 50% off your first two months just for being a listener to this podcast. If you want to save your clients or yourself money through recovering abandoned carts, check out Jilt. They're over at buildpodcast.net slash Jilt. I've been using them for the last couple of months, and they have brought back money that I would have lost. And finally, if you want to build incredible websites at a fraction of the time and the cost, check out Beaver Builder. I use it and I love it. They're over at buildpodcast.net slash builder. For all of the show notes, head over to howibuilt.it slash six nine. 
If you like the show, head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a rating and a review. It helps people discover the show. Finally, recently I published my brand new Patreon page. It offers a lot better rewards and great goals and I'm really doubling down on it. So if you like the show and you want to support it directly, if you want to get episodes a week early, if you want to get behind the scenes content and more, head over to patreon.com slash how I built it. You can support the show for as little as $1 a month. Continuing the series next week, I'm talking to Ryan Kinney about the legal side of starting a business, specifically about copyright and trademark. I heard her on Office Hours talking about contracts, and I really wanted to get her on the show. It's been one of the most educational interviews for me, so be sure to tune in. And until next time, get out there and build something.